Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, Tim here. Uh, Before the episode starts, I just wanted to let you know that, oh, I don't know, about 15 seconds after we hit the stop record button, Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported the J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram will be eligible for this weird 340 Eastern game on uh, on Wednesday afternoon. So just so you guys know when you're listening, when you hear us talk about the game, we don't really mention that Dobbins and Ingram will be around. We just say it's just going to be the Gus bus in the backfield. But hey, positive news. So hopefully that makes the Ravens a little more formidable against Pittsburgh. But just so you know when you're listening. And uh, as always, thank you for listening as well. All right, let's get to the episode. Here we Jackson over the middle, caught by Hollywood Brown. See you later. Hollywood to the house. Jackson, the spin and toss. Ingram makes a man miss. Diving. Touchdown. Russell Wilson's first pass to Metcalf, and Metcalf had it, lost it, and is picked up by the Ravens, and running in is Marlon Humphrey for the touchdown. There's a second down and three, Jackson, Jackson, himself. look at him, turn back and forth, oh, he broke his ankles, now he's got an entourage, and he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini, what a play, 47 yards. Touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Like a Raven. Bonus episode, emergency episode, random episode here. We have to talk about some Raven updates. Last week on this show, I said that I was thankful that the Ravens still had Lamar Jackson that as long as he was active against the Steelers, anything could happen on a Thursday night Thanksgiving game. And boy, have things changed. Before we get into too many details, I'm Antonio Barbera, and I am joined on this unusual episode by, first off, Tim Horsey. Tim, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, my friend. Uh, Nice to have news break before we record rather than after we record, which should take you behind the curtain a little bit. Um... And we get a Ravens midweek game. So you know what? I'm going to try and be positive this week. I'm going to try and be positive. So I'm very excited for a Ravens Wednesday night football game. And Jace Evans. Jace, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, Definitely been a weird week to be a Ravens fan. Uh, I'd say probably a frustrating week for a lot of people. Uh, Definitely strange. As Tim said, we're getting uh, Wednesday night football. I read before we went on uh, for the first time since 2012, we had a Wednesday night game in the 2012 season. And then before then, not since the 40s. So pretty rarity, an NFL game on a Wednesday. So assuming the Baltimore Ravens, you know, play football on Wednesday night, that'll be something to see. So it's not all bad, but it's definitely weird. (laughs) Unless you have been living under football rock you are well aware that the Ravens game against the Steelers did not happen Thursday night it was postponed several times to different days and has seemingly finally been set now for Wednesday and this game has been bumped because of the numerous players staff coaches on the Ravens who have either tested positive for COVID-19 or have been labeled close contacts and have had to sit out or quarantine for a number of days. So we are going to have this episode now. We're going to talk about the adjustment to the Steelers game, who's in, who's out, how the Ravens are going to score any points or prevent the Steelers from scoring points because that's going to be a, a challenge. And then we will be back later this week with an extra episode coming out Friday where we will discuss whatever happened in the Steelers game, and then we will preview the Ravens' upcoming game against the Dallas Cowboys, which is currently, also was moved, and is currently scheduled for next Monday, and we will see if that even 
stays the same as the days progress. There have been a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving times, and I will admit we were somewhat fortunate here, as, as Tim alluded to, that this news of the Ravens game being moved to Wednesday happened just before we started recording here. So let's get into this game, guys. There's a lot of players out. Multiple Lamar Jackson is out, Trace McSorley. I, I don't need to go through the entire list, but it's a lot of skill position players. It's a lot of guys on both sides of the line and elsewhere trickling down this roster. So I'm going to turn to you guys with first thoughts now uh, on the Ravens as a whole, on this news, on this COVID outbreak going through the team and, and what you guys have thought and reacted to it. I mean, this is the, you know, we'll record this obviously on a, on Monday evening here. And this is probably the first day with any sort of positive news since all this happened. You know, it started with the bombshell of Lamar getting uh, testing positive and just the list increased every day. And it's, it's been, here's a new person that's tested positive. And then you have guys like Calais Campbell, who has asthma, who thought about sitting out the season, and he tests positive. Then Mark Andrews, who is a very high-risk guy with, uh, and apologies, diabetes, I believe, um, as well. And it's, it kind of puts stuff in perspective. I mean, look, we do this, so we clearly live and die with this team a lot of the time, as you've heard in our emotional chats during Pod Like a Raven, and and for us, too, it's an outlet to kind of get away from the crappiness that 2020 has been, not to be a meme that everybody likes to overuse. But they kind of collided, and we knew this was coming eventually. And it was, it's, you know, I, it's, it would suck if it happened to any team. Um, you know, the Titans kind of dealt with this early in the year, and this has probably been the worst case of it. But for it to happen so close to home for the team that you follow over and over has been it's been awful, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It ruined Thanksgiving. I mean, my dad, we're – quick tangent real quickly. Thanksgiving, right? We had two of the worst football games I've ever watched in their entireties <laughs> in the Washington football team beating the Cowboys and then the Texans beating the Detroit Lions. And then it gets to the point you're like, all right, what's next? The eight twenty game, obviously the Ravens-Steelers have been postponed at that point. And so my dad's flicking through the channels, and he turns on Battleship. And let me confirm for everybody, Battleship is a horrific movie. But he did the classic dad move, where instead of turning it off and flipping the channel, he just commented for the entirety of the movie how bad the movie was without changing the channel. So that's how my Thanksgiving went, thanks to, uh, thanks to this COVID outbreak. But, you know, in all seriousness, to take the positive out of it, I am glad we're getting this game. We'll talk about what we expect from the team. I don't expect a lot, but at least it'll be nice to see the purple and black out there against Pittsburgh. Is Battleship the movie with, uh, is that Rihanna? Who has like that a is small Rihanna role? and so Liam that tell you as well. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I want to just push back against you a little bit, Tim, and say, is it good we're getting this game? <laughs> I don't know at this point really what the value of playing this game right now is other than... For the NFL to say, well, we still haven't canceled a game. That seems to be the only real reason the game's being played. Because, you know, it'll still draw viewers, uh, obviously, because it's Ravens-Steelers and it's going to be in a primetime game, even on a Wednesday. Um, but it's going to be a bad game. Uh, not to <laughs> jump the gun too much, but I personally don't see many ways this game's especially competitive. I think we all expressed... Uh, our doubts on last uh, our last show when we thought you know the Ravens were gonna have a full <laughs> team <laughs> available. Um, so I guess that's for me the the thing I can't figure out is just like, it, and I don't know if it's disappointing or just wild how little the NFL wants to even consider canceling this game. It really is, and we'll get into other examples from this weekend because I think that was made obvious in a, another game we'll probably touch on, but the NFL just does not want to stop or postpone any games for the remainder of this season. They're pretty hell-bent on pushing through, and, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily... <sighs> I can't say with certainty it's the wrong mindset because, I don't know, is anything going to be better in a month? Probably not, but uh, 
it's just been so weird to just this game's been postponed what four times now three times um yeah three times and and it's it's has nothing to do with it being a competitive disadvantage it's just like i know it's for right now they've made it clear it's just about health and containing and that's great but at a certain point i almost feel like it would just benefit all the the ravens almost more if you just and even the steelers to extend if you just like cancel the game or forfeit the game or postpone the game but just all this moving has just been crazy to see and i know it's been a crazy year but even by that standard it's been i think especially wild this past week to just like you went from playing on thursday they're going to be playing six days later (laughs) in what's still a week 12 game uh they're you know we said they're they were originally supposed to also play thursday now they're playing monday it's just wild and i i don't know i the, just pushing ahead, I don't know if there's that much value to it, but the NFL's doing it, so I guess it's just uh, adjust or get left behind for these teams. Yeah, the NFL's hesitation and of really just avoidance of adding a week, tacking a week on to the end of the regular season has been a bit strange, and I can just assume it is all comes back to money in one way, shape, or form. The, the forfeiting of the game has been talked about enough that nobody, regardless of score or situation, neither team nor the players really want to do that because neither team gets paid. And that includes guys at the top of of the salary list and guys at the absolute bottom. So pushing through to get 60 minutes played on television and reap the revenue from that is, is what this comes down to, unfortunately. I wonder if from the X's and O's side of this, does Harbaugh even do they even want to show anything? Or, or is at this at this point is it just get through this game, eat the loss, and move on to next week in a game that was already going to be challenging in other ways? They're not going to have practice. They will have <laughs> maybe had one practice leading up to this game, which is one of the tougher games of the season. So Tim, what what do you think about how the Ravens will do? X's and O's wise, making this a vanilla game. I mean, obviously we have RG3 starting. It's an opportunity for him, but how much is going to even get shown in this game, or is it really just going to be, let's just eat this ugly game, get through it, travel back to Baltimore, and try to get guys healthy again? Well, look, from the fans' point of view, from the outside perspective, you can say, yeah, we'll just eat it and whatever. And this is why I'm telling you Ravens fans, like, listening to this, don't worry about it. Just go in and try and enjoy a football game. We've heard all this moaning and whining from these pretentious freaking Steelers fans all week. Just block it out, ignore it, turn on the game, and have a good time watching RG3 quote-unquote sling it. Um, <laughs> you can say eat the loss all you want. They can't think that. Um, and especially, too, if this Ravens team was 8-2, and two, or even seven and three, then yeah, maybe you can just say, you know what, we'll just kind of eat it and move on. They have to do all they can to win this game because they are currently out of the playoff. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say they have a chance. I don't think they do. We will see. It will be one of the most hilarious wins that I will hold over every single person who has anything to do with the city of Pittsburgh in any capacity for the rest of my life if the Ravens win this game. But because they're 6-4, and four, because they're in a dogfight, and I know they have an easier schedule coming up, I think you have to go in there and do your best to win it. Now, is maybe, it's, maybe it is a kitchen sinking game, Antonio. Maybe it's the complete opposite. Maybe it's if this thing is still close, you're throwing the fake punts out there. You're throwing the double reverses and all that stuff. That being said, how much of that stuff will really work when, again, you're starting RG3 at quarterback? And this is, again... This is all if there's a more or no more positive tests between now and Wednesday. But so big caveat over that. You have RG3 at quarterback, you have Gus the Bus at running back with no Patrick Ricard. You don't have Willie Sneed. You don't have Mark Andrews. You're losing two of your offensive linemen in Macari and uh Matsakura, two of your starters, I should say. I'm almost the opposite way, where I think they have to kind of throw some stuff out there to even have a chance. And for me, you have to go for it. I mean, there's no other way, especially sitting at six and four in a what is a loaded AFC. Sort of a, a one thing, Jace. I'm going to turn to you and just the quick note that I will. I just thought of this, so who knows if this has any real uh, weight at all? But 
There are so many starters out. I was going to say the practice issue is a big deal because RG3 hasn't gotten the reps in with the first team. And then I realized really (laughs) none of the first team is playing in this game. So it's very possible that RG3 has just a fantastic rapport with all of the second team offensive playmakers who are going to be getting a lot of, and just linemen, who are going to be getting a lot of time in this game. So we will see. Uh, Jace, your thoughts on... uh, on the the roster coming into the Steelers. Yeah, I I think that's the thing for me. It's like, I think just given what we know about John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh's personality, who he is as a coach, he's definitely going to try to win this game. I just don't know that they're going to have, you know, just the people uh, necessary to get it done. I mean, like, if you go to, like, the Ravens roster page, there just aren't – isn't a healthy tight end on the roster. It looks like it'll be Luke Wilson off the practice squad is probably your tight end this week, which uh, isn't great for a team that loves to use tight ends. <laughs> um, and like we said, like, uh, they did get Broderick Washington and Jalen Ferguson back, but there was a time last week where they had three healthy defensive linemen. That's a problem. Um, it just – I think it's just too many – people missing in too many key areas and that, not the least of which is obviously Lamar's had his worst games in his career against the Steelers because they play good defense but you still would rather have him out there than uh Robert Griffin the third so I think they will try I think it's in the coaching staff's DNA and they're sure to unleash some weird stuff I wouldn't be sh- stunned if we see like I don't know Justice Hill Wildcat or something goofy going on in this game but I don't know. It's it's going to be just such a big ask. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's annoying. I can see why fans would be annoyed. But I will say, to Tim's point, just the level of just <laughs> noise on the internet this week from fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers, their media cheerleaders, it's insane. It's so... It made, no, like, no sense. You'd think, like, I don't know. You'd think, like, someone, like kidnap big ben or something like it's it stinks and i understand it's annoying you thought you were going to have this 10 day break when your bye week had initially gotten moved around but they basically have got a 10 break day break now with the way their schedule has been rearranged uh not to mention that they placed several players of their own on the covid list uh over the weekend like the day before the game so or when it was originally supposed to still be on sunday but I digress. That was very annoying to deal with. I think it's at least simmered down a little bit. I haven't been staring at Twitter tonight necessarily to see if that's still the case, but that was just frustrating. So I do hope in some level they just play the game and everyone shuts up and we can just go about our separate ways the rest of the season. Well, here's my thing on this. Here's my thing on this. Did you just want to play it on Thanksgiving and just let all your players get COVID? Is that what you wanted? Did you want... And the whole thing about, oh, this is the second time we've had to reschedule a game. We lost a bye. Shut up! You are playing one of the easiest schedules in NFL history. You're one of the most entitled fan bases. Baltimore's up there as well. <laughs> in the National Football League. And the, the whining and complaining about a 10-0 football team for, for the fact that they have to move a game and get more prep time for a team that hasn't been able to practice since they before they lost to freaking Tennessee. It makes no sense. You guys aren't the good guys here. You guys aren't the superheroes, and and the Ravens are the bad guys. The Ravens had one person, uh, Steve Saunders, the the strength and conditioning coach, who apparently was kind of the root of all this problem. Right. Lambast him all you want. That's fine. That guy stinks, and I'm glad he's out of the organization. But to do this whole thing about we're getting punished for what Baltimore did, what did you want? (laughs) Like, did you want to play the game? It makes no sense to me, all the whining and complaining. And now, see, now I'm getting fired up. Now I actually want to beat them with RG3 on Wednesday, which would be amazing. But for me, that was just one of those things. It's just like, just just shut up. Like, even if, that, if this was the other way around and Baltimore fans were doing that, I would have the same message. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, especially it, for, like, a, a 10-0 team. Has a 10-0 team ever, their fans ever complained this much? My theory is they know they're a much worse team than the Kansas City Chiefs and desperately know their team needs uh, that number one seed. But... If we miss the playoffs, Jace, if we miss the playoffs, I'm going to be the biggest Kansas City fan of all time because I want to see them go into Pittsburgh and win 100 to nothing because oh. I think they could. It would be so good. But, yeah, I just all the complaining this week from them and – 
and for, for the Ravens, I get their frustration. I think it seems like, so it seems like basically the issue was they got all their pre-tests received after the game on Sunday. They found out Sunday night that uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins had tested positive. That seems like a flaw in the NFL's <laughs> protocols. They're, you know, their players are cleared to play on game day because they're not getting their Sunday results back until after the games, it seems like. So, and uh, I'd read on Twitter today, Mark Andrews was amongst the players, and he obviously ends up on the COVID list today, who uh, expressed uh, frustration about that. So I don't know if it'll lead the NFL, this whole saga to re-examine their protocols for the remainder of the season, but hopefully you just hope that nothing like this happens to the other teams and, uh, they are able to finish out the season and for the Ravens, I hope this is the end of it. They play that game Wednesday and they kind of just get on with their season and put this whole thing behind them. But it's been, it's been a frustrating week and just all the Steelers fans on Twitter, just screaming about this, even though it doesn't really hurt their team in any way has been so aggravating. It certainly seems like the target of their anger has moved and yet they've had the same exact level of anger for, for different reasons. But We've spoken at length about the guys out for this game. However, a few players, as of this afternoon, as of Monday evening, were taken off of the COVID list and will be active, and that's Jalen Ferguson, who will have a big role in this game if the Ravens are to have any pass rush. Uh, Broderick Washington along the defensive line. Uh, DJ Fluker will come back, and he's obviously going to start at one of the tackle spots, likely right tackle. And then Amon Marshall is back, although he is headed back to the IR uh, after coming off the COVID list. And then Tyree Phillips, outside of anything related to COVID, is back from the the sort of brief IR stint um, and is going to be slotted in at one of the guard spots. So a few players coming back. Also, we should note, because this happened this, (laughs) this week, Des Bryant signed officially to the active roster from the practice squad had exactly the type of game I think you would have wanted for him from him last week against Tennessee with a few nice catches and uh, yards after the catch. So he is now on the active roster, will likely start, is probably going to be wide receiver number two on the other side of, of Hollywood Brown with Sneed out. We will see what happens there. And even though I'm not really sure who's going to be snapping the football <laughs> in any situation, uh, that that is what the Ravens roster is pretty much going to look like. The line for this game has been changed. We talked about it last week at what I believe was minus four and a half and has now been changed to minus ten. <laughs> I am downright shocked it is still so low. I'm going to, you know, I'll turn to you guys. I sort of assume, I think it's unanimous uh, on the episode here that I would jump on Steelers <laughs> at minus ten in a heartbeat here. I'll, I'll turn to you guys for your final thoughts on this game and, and that line at, at 10 points uh just real quickly i think it's cool cool story he made a bit of an impact um against tennessee we'll see what happens if he gets signed after this season and what have you but des bryant like rewarded with you're now on the roster whether that was part of you know this covid thing or whatever it was or performances i think that's a really cool story redemption for him a little bit so anything like we'd said from the beginning Anything he contributes for the rest of the way is a positive. Um, and, yeah, Steelers minus 10. Steelers minus 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever. It's just pour a cocktail. It's a Wednesday night. You're halfway through the week, maybe two, three, four. And just enjoy football. Uh, try, try and do your best to enjoy football, even if it turns out, you know, not really going the way that you want it to. I will say this is probably the least stressed I've ever been entering a Ravens-Steelers game. Maybe Not even close, yeah. Jace. Not even close. <laughs> it's, uh, I think the stakes are pretty low from uh, you know, the Ravens side of things at this point. It's, it'd be super funny if it's even close because uh, that would just make every Steelers fan I, I know on the internet go absolutely ballistic if this game's you know a seven-point game in the fourth quarter. Um but yeah, I just think there's too much uncertainty on the line, too much uncertainty on the defensive line. Um, and especially, you know, they won this game last year, but that was with a Devlin Hodges, Mason Rudolph, I believe, tag team combo. I don't fully remember who started that game. And that was when the Ravens running game was at the top of its game. And they basically just ra- uh, ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball and were able to beat the Steelers. And again, they were kind of playing out the string. The Ravens were kind of playing out the string. Uh, Steelers are decidedly better than they were in that contest, and the Ravens' offensive line is a lot worse. So I just don't see 
away with RG3 back there that they're going to keep this all that close. So, uh, yeah, Steelers at minus whatever, pretty much, I think. But we'll see what happens. It should be entertaining at the very least. Uh, not what Might not be good if you're a Ravens fan, but it should be entertaining. <laughs> I agree with Tim. Pour yourself a cocktail. Maybe make a drinking game out of it, you know? Uh, drink every time. I can't say drink every time they say COVID because that would probably be a disaster. But drink every time they discuss that RG3 won, you know, a Rookie of the Year, uh, the, that he won the Heisman. and was, uh, Make some rules for yourself. Have fun. And uh, don't think about the score so much if you're a Ravens fan. Um, all right, let's move away from this now. We are going to do the random Raven now and then jump into our NFL recap because NFL games still happened over the weekend outside of the Ravens. So I'm up this week with the random Raven, so I'm going to jump right into my clues here. This Raven played four seasons with the team, from 2015 to 2018. He was drafted in the fourth round in 2015, out of the same college that the Ravens' second-year cornerback, Amon Marshall, attended. This player went to the same college as the college that Iman Marshall went to. Although he ran for 1,250 yards in his Ravens career, he never led the team in rushing yards. His best season was 2017, when he rushed for 590 yards and four touchdowns and added 46 catches as a backup. 46 catches for 250 yards and two more touchdowns. And then after his stint in Baltimore, he played one season with the New York Giants in 2019 and has not been has not been seen since. So that is my random raven for this week. There's some info there. I couldn't give too too much. I, I and we'll see what you guys think at the end of the show. I think I have it, but if it's who I think it is, what a name. <laughs> I've got Oh, wait a minute. No, there's no way. I have one name that just hit me. There's no way he caught 46 balls in one year, but that was also Prime Joe Flacco check down years. Threw a lot so to the running maybe. backs over the years. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I might have to, when we get to it, I might have to lean on Jace for this one because I'm, I'm a little lost. So just for fun, because, again, we're talking about a backup. I'll, you know, I'll come out and say that this, at least this much, this is not a wide receiver. And yet this backup caught 45 catches in 2015, 46 in 2017 and 35 in 2018 oh my goodness joe flacco threw to running backs so so often and this player as a backup should not have nearly those number of catches but when you play in that uh that type of offense you you end up doing just so all right that's my random raven let's move now to the nfl where there were a host of fun games some blowouts, some extremely strange games. I guess, guys, we should start first with the AFC North. We don't have to talk about the Bengals. First game without Joe Burrow, they had an ugly loss against the New York Giants. And then the other side of the AFC North is the Cleveland Browns, who are finding new and interesting ways to have ugly wins this season. (laughs) This week, instead of squeaking out a 10 to 7 win or a 6 to 4 win they beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars 27-25 in a game where they trailed for long periods against Jacksonville but did come out with the win and they are now 8 and 3 win- guys winning games that we kind of thought they were going to have just because of how weak their schedule is but this is an 8 and 3 football team now and I have no idea just if they're even a little bit good, not good at well, all. It's funny. Or gonna be frisky. It's funny you say that. I, I saw on Twitter uh, this afternoon as record. Uh, I believe it was Football Outsiders. Their DVOA. Um, the Browns are the worst eight and three team by a significant margin by DVOA. Uh, since and that dates back to uh, they have information for that uh, since 1985. So they're not good by <laughs> advanced metrics, but. Like you said, we've kind of said on the show and kind of your preseason prediction, Antonio, they're going to win by virtue of that schedule. They're going to win games and they're eight and three and seem like a pretty much a lock to make the playoffs at this point. So 
I don't think they're going to do anything there. They uh, secured their first non-losing season in like 13 years uh, with yesterday's uh, Sunday's victory. Um, yeah, I didn't really watch any of this game. I looked at the score and said, ah, that's about right. I saw Baker miss a wide open guy in the end zone. That was the big meme play going around on the internet. But that's about the extent of this game I, wa- I watched live. But yeah, the, the stats do not suggest the Browns are a good team. Yeah, it's, you know... This kind of looked like a game that they could lose. You know, if it was the Browns that we know and just love so dearly, they would lose this game. Um, But if you want to just slice out what I said last week and then put it in right now, it would work. Baker stinks. Don't make him win the game for you and just give the ball to Nick Chubb. 19 carries, 144 yards. Kareem Hunt uh, hit another six or rushed for another 62 yards on 10 carries. Baker had another rushing yard as well to bring their total to 207 yards rushing on 33 attempts. And then Jarvis Landry bailed them out a couple times. He had a big game, eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Run the ball, control the clock, and this was out without Miles Garrett too. So, look, I'm not giving them any awards for beating the Jaguars by two points, um, but I guess congrats on you're at least going to go 8-8 eight and eight and then get bounced in the first round. Good for you. <laughs> Cleveland's – they have a few – tough games left on this schedule they play the titans next week on the road they'll play baltimore still and then they have pittsburgh week 17 which we have talked about we are not sure how important that game will be for pittsburgh but if they're if the steelers are fighting for that number one seed with the chiefs at the time that could be a tough game or a game that they will play tough against cleveland so they're eight and three now who knows what they're going to finish at i I could see this being a nine and seven team as as easily as they could be a ten and six team but Another win for Cleveland. They've now won three in a row. And Baker Mayfield threw his first... He threw two touchdowns in this game, which were his first passing touchdowns in approximately a month. So, Tim, you hit the nail on the head with what their formula seemingly is to to win these games. Another game worth noting, which is the weird game of the week, is arguably the game that shouldn't have been, and that's the New Orleans Saints crushing the Denver Broncos 31-3 to in a game where the Broncos had zero QBs playing and active for this game. I don't even remember which one of them actually tested positive. Is it Trevor Simeon? And then all the other quarterbacks in the room? I think it was Dr- were, uh, Driscoll. Close contact? Jeff Driscoll was the actual positive, but everyone else, okay. yeah, was deemed. They all blend together in Denver. Yeah. I think Trevor Simeon's not there anymore, but he, uh, he his spirit lives on in the Denver QB room. <laughs> but yeah, Driscoll test positive, and then everyone else was out as a close contact, which is a and problem. And they had to, <laughs> had to then rely on practice squad, practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton, who went a sturdy one for nine. Guys, how much of this game did you see? Do you think it should have happened? How much of a gripe does Denver have? Uh, and what do you think about this game? You know what's weird quickly, Jace? I don't know how much of a gripe Denver has. Um, because it was shown that their guys clearly didn't follow protocol. Like, blatantly ignored the COVID regulation protocol. And... You know, I don't think it's right to say that, oh, well, they should have been punished then or something like that. I don't think that's right. But at the same time, when you don't follow protocol, everybody gets tested or is a close contact, and it's that close to game time, it almost, to me, it almost, you're a little SOL. I'm sorry. And I know it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because the Ravens game was postponed, and I understand that, but. For me, and, and even Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Broncos, said, our guys let us down. You know, he he basically put it on the quarterbacks. And, you know, not great that you can't really trust your quarterbacks. They're supposed to be the leaders of your team. But, you know, a weird game. I admittedly didn't see a ton of it. I've watched the highlights <laughs> since. Um, Taysom Hill still isn't a good quarterback. That, I mean, if the Saints are going to the playoffs with that guy starting, bet your money on everybody else in the NFC. Um But, yeah, I don't – I really don't have a problem with this game going on, even as weird as it was. Um, I do think it would have been postponed if the Broncos were a winning team or in a good playoff position. That's a good point. If they were in a primetime game, I think they would have probably postponed and rearranged. I think it kind of came down to just like – 
I think it came down to that the, the, they they knew the spread at least with the Broncos was contained, or seems to have been, uh, and because no one else was at risk, and the Broncos aren't that good, and this game kind of doesn't matter. I know the Saints and the number one seed in the NFC, but because it's not like this was one of your marquee games, I, I think they were fine going ahead and playing it. Uh, to your point, I didn't watch or see much of this live. It only there were only a, a few break-ins uh, to the the. Uh, the late game on CBS because I don't think a lot was happening in this one. I mean, for his part, Taysom Hill went all of nine of 16 <laughs> in this game. So it wasn't exactly a, an offensive uh, fireworks show. The Saints were st- Saints had under 300 yards and still significantly outperformed the Broncos, but I would have been fine if they postponed it, but I see why they didn't. Um, and I think it's, I think that kind of speaks to, probably people's frustration with the NFL and just the weird double standard they have for almost everything in all instances, but especially uh, in this COVID season where it definitely seems like the primetime games are the ones that are getting postponed a lot more, but I don't know. Uh, the Broncos weren't doing anything, so I can't say I'm like heartbroken that they didn't get a chance to compete. Like they're not making the playoffs. So I kind of see why the NFL is just like, ah, let's just play it. But it stinks for the players who do have to go out there and kind of, risk injury and sludge through just a game you know you're absolutely not going to win (laughs) so it wasn't right it wasn't just a game where they didn't have one or two or three or all of their quarterbacks but they also were not able to practice with their practice squad wide receiver in any way shape or form he essentially took zero snaps before this game started so one for nine is about what you would have expected but uh you know a, a a good, a good job, good effort there from Denver, and then they should have everybody back uh, for their next game. The marquee matchup of the Sunday slate, Kansas City going into Tampa Bay, the famous potential last matchup between Mahomes and Brady, barring a Super Bowl meeting between these teams, which I don't think the three of us necessarily think is going to happen, but was discussed by Tony Romo at the end of the broadcast as sort of a in parentheses prediction for the Super Bowl is that this matchup could happen again but Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City coming out of that game with a 27-24 win that looked like a blowout and then got way closer than it ever should have thoughts on the uh, matchup of the the heir apparent and the go yeah so this is actually the game I probably watched the most of on Sunday uh pretty much watched the whole thing and uh Breaking news, Patrick Mahomes is really good at football. I, <laughs> some of the throws, the, the the throw on the first touchdown he had to Tyreek Hill, who had an unbelievable day, 269 receiving yards, uh, three touchdowns, um, you know, thir- on 13 receptions. That's crazy. But the 75-yarder he threw, Mahomes threw to Tyreek Hill, where Hill not only made a great adjustment on it, but he had that ball in the air, 60 yards, 50 yards. It was insane. I don't think anyone in the league can make that throw other than him. Um, to your point, I don't know why this game was as close at the end. It certainly shouldn't have been. They were running them off the field the first half. Um, I don't know if they kind of... Mahomes didn't do too much in the second half. He had barely over 100 yards. But uh, I was really impressed with the Chiefs. I think they're the best team in the league, uh, mainly because of Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't envision anyone beating him in January or February, but that remains to be seen, I guess. But they certainly look like they're gearing up for a title defense. And I mean, the difference with him and just, you know, Brady used to be a decent deep ball thrower, but it just, he can't hit downfield anymore. Uh, And, you know, I don't know. I can't feel too, he's 43. What do I want from him really? But yeah, I was just so impressed with those throws Mahomes had, even the second touchdown, all three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill were amazing. And, it made me super jealous to have a receiver, like like just watching a receiver and a QB connect deep down the field. I got a little bitter, but uh, when we're, the Ravens aren't playing them, I love watching Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and so I, I really enjoyed watching this game. It was a good time. Yeah, everything Jace said. Um, but when when the Chiefs are on, that's it. Um, and this is not an original take. I know a lot of people have said this. But the Chiefs almost feel like they're, like, get bored. Yeah. Like, they're just like, eh, all right. And then they can just turn it on whenever, which is a dangerous game to play because if all of a sudden you can't turn it on, then 
you know, deep in January, early February, you might be screwed a little bit. But that team, man, and admittedly, as we're recording this, the highlights are going on on the TV in front of me. And watching Tyreek Hill, it's like you said, Jace. You said Mahomes, and I completely agree with you. When they're not playing the Ravens, so fun to watch. Tyreek Hill and just blinding speed is it's it's a miracle on a football field to watch. So they're heating up at the right time, which should scare everybody else in the league, including the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, you just you have to hope if you're a Chiefs fan that again they don't get too bored too quickly. And Andy Reid's a good enough coach that I don't think that'll happen for the Bucks. They're too inconsistent, too many stupid penalties. Brady you know, make some mistakes. There's been reports of tension between him and Arians because Arians is just one of the most stubborn coaches in the league and won't adjust anything to Brady's style. So I don't know how you can have any faith in that team being a Super Bowl contender. It doesn't make any sense to me Um, until I see it consistently from them. You know, if they get hot and they go on a streak, fine. If they do a whole Joe Flacco in the 2012 playoffs, great. But, you know, for the whole team, I should say. But outside of that, I just... I can't trust them, and I can't trust them in a big game. I can't trust them in the playoffs. So, you know, for me, my bigger takeaway was the Chiefs are good, but you have to worry about the Bucks if you're if you're rooting for them or you have any money on them as well. The rest of the Chiefs' schedule, who cares? They're very, very likely going to win all those games. As for the Bucks, last four games versus the Vikings, at the Falcons, at the Lions, and then the Falcons again. In theory, four winnable games, but the Falcons and the Vikings have both looked a little uh, a little tougher in the last few weeks, so maybe those can be good tests for Tampa leading into the postseason. As for Tyreek Hill, 203 of those 260-whatever-receiving yards were all in the first quarter of that game. It is bizarre. It looks like they get out to Leeds, Tim, and then Kansas City, can, when they want to, can take their foot off the gas pedal, and then it gets close again, and they realize, oh no, I gotta go. Got to go close this game out now. Right. Uh, real quickly, guys, I have some breaking news. Um, again, you will know this by the time you listen to this, but this is being recorded. I, as you know, we're not doing this live into your earbuds via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to it. Raven Steelers is now scheduled, and this could change, but at the moment scheduled to kick off at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. 3.40 p.m., so it is not a night game. I don't know what goes on on Wednesdays on live television, but 3.40 p.m., which means... Is there any explanation for that? Or I have tra- no I would assume it's travel-related. This comes from Adam Schefter. Uh, yeah, travel-related could be a thing. It could be something that's on television with the media deals or something. Jerry Sandusky also just said, hope you don't have a lot of appointments, 3.40 Wednesday. Uh, at the moment, I am seeing no... I'm seeing no explanation why, but 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday is when we'll be watching that game. So I know I will still be working. I'm assuming both of you will still be working, so that's great. I won't even but, uh, have yeah. started work by the time that game's probably almost over. That's wild. Uh, I think I have a meeting around that time that I'll have to try to find a way to get out of, but we'll have to see how important that is. All right. Uh, Thank you, Tim. Final thoughts, guys. Final games, things that you want to go over in the NFL this week. Tim, I know you have a few uh, a few players, a few games of note. Yeah, I just got a couple things here that I want to mention. Um, what the hell, Raiders? Like, they're supposed to be this team that can compete. They're, they're tough running, run the ball. Josh Jacobs, great player, although I know he got injured. Derek Carr, a little up and down, but they're, they're, they're a tough team that you don't want to face. And then they get blown out 43-6 to the, uh, the Falcons. The, I didn't see a ton of this game, it, but man. It was the biggest blowout of the season. Against the Falcons team, we has fired their coach and GM. <laughs> it, made no sense. it was one of the more inexplicable. And you look at the box score, because I didn't watch a ton of this game either. It wasn't like Matt Ryan had a great game. Julio Jones was out for this game. The Falcons didn't run all that well, but the Raiders turned it over five times, and they were able to put up, Falcons were able to put up 43 points. So that one really helps the Ravens. Uh, obviously, uh, in terms right. of all the results from Sunday, um, uh, keeps them in the race very much. So, so we'll see. That was a very strange one. Um, not to steal your thunder, Tim. One I watched a lot of, I wanted to touch on too, was confession time. I like watching Derrick Henry. I know I should hate him. The Titans have tortured the Ravens now <laughs> for two straight years, but whenever the Ravens aren't playing the Titans, 
he is so fun to watch. I've loved watching him since his Alabama days that year. They just re- rode him to the national title with like 340 attempts or whatever he made that season in 15 games. Uh, he was he was rolling, yeah, and he's just so fun to watch. He's so big and his running, and they they clobbered the Colts, uh, just uh, destroyed him in that first half. And um, you know that's a, a lot of two really good teams in the AFC uh, South there. Uh, it seems like, and kind of a reverse of their first game. So I I just I had to I had to come I have to speak the truth to our listeners. I had to let uh, let the public know that I am a Derrick Henry fan. Hand up confession. I like watching Derrick Henry not play the Ravens, too. Uh, he's who doesn't love a, just a guy who shouldn't be playing running back, playing running back and doing so effectively. Yes, he and Tyree Kill are both on my fantasy teams at this point. So that helps as well. But uh, he's heating up at the right time. I still don't really believe in the Titans and a loaded AFC. Um, but then two quick ones I just want to mention. Fitzpatrick, I know it was the Jets, but Fitzpatrick came in for the Dolphins. They won 20-3. to Jets are doing the most brilliant job of tanking by keeping Adam Gase on through the end of the season, so hopefully they get Trevor Lawrence for that just beleaguered franchise. And then I have to mention this lastly because I keep telling you to watch Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. That team stinks. Um, I don't (laughs) think they're any good. I thought they were going to, you know, there was all this talk about they could win that loaded nfc west which doesn't look nearly as loaded anymore um cliff kingsbury's might be an offensive genius but he is not a good head coach you know maybe better as an offensive coordinator in this league and the patriots beating them 20 to 17 i should mention with cam newton throwing for 84 passing yards (laughs) the patriots are still in this inexplicably at this point like i just want the ravens no matter how who's playing I want the, the Ravens to finish with a better record than New England because I wouldn't be able to handle it if <laughs> this team was still worse than a Bill Belichick team, even without Tom Brady. Yeah, the Patriots, they're infuriating for different reasons every <laughs> Absolutely. year. Uh, it's one thing and then it's the next. And th- there's, just no, there's no way in any world where they should have won this game against the Cardinals. Newton throws an interception late in that game. Cardinals take over in, on the Patriots' side of the field. And then, or right at midfield, and then drive to approximately right around the 30-yard line and go for the game-winning field goal. And, of course, that misses. And then the Pats just turn right around and kick their own game-winning field goal. I hate this team. I hate that they're in the hunt because they're not really in the hunt because they're 5-6 and six and they're behind too many teams to really make up all the ground. But that doesn't mean people talk about them as if they're not in the hunt. And I don't like them. They have to still play. The Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, which is now a way more interesting game than it seemed at the beginning of the season, then the Bills, and then a perfect Week 17 game against the Jets. <laughs> I think in the next few weeks they'll be out of it, but it's uh, it's grinding my gears that they're still involved here at, at 5-6. and six. But um, I was going to do, I'll, I'll admit on, on the show here, I was going to do an AFC playoff picture but i'm gonna save that for our next episode that comes out later this week after we know the ravens result and we're gonna look at the nfc landscape the playoff picture afc nfc uh with our episode coming out friday so with that guys not much more to uh to discuss here as as we have a one of the strangest weeks in ravens football history really uh with what is very likely to be an ugly game at the end of it but I am still going to go through the random Raven clues here one last time, and then we will wrap things up. So for the listener, get your uh, your pad of paper and pencil, but probably just your phone because it's 2020. All right. This random Raven played four seasons with the team from 2015 to 2018. He was drafted in the fourth round in 2015 out of the same college that current Ravens second-year cornerback Iman Marshall attended. Although this player ran for 1,250 yards in his Ravens career, he never led the team in rushing yards. His best season was 2017, when he rushed for 590 yards and four touchdowns and added 46 receptions for 250 yards and two more touchdowns. And after his time in Baltimore, he played one season as a backup with the New York football giants. 
Guys, who is this random raven? Tim, you want... Uh, real quickly, Jace, real quickly before you go. I had no idea, and so I admitted defeat to myself and looked up where Amon Marshall went to college. I now know, I won't say it yet because that's cheating. I will just say it right here. I now know who it is after looking up the college. And yeah, okay, makes sense. I don't know why I forgot about that guy. But Jace, if you want to attempt, the one, the one I will say that for whatever reason popped in my head and then I was like, this guy wasn't that good, was Lorenzo Taliaferro. <laughs> I don't know why, was he but a, that was there. I think he was a coastal Carol. He was like one of those schools, right? Just from- <laughs> right. And I thought, I just figured Amon Marshall went to a school like that. I figured out he went to a much higher profile school uh, and that's when it immediately kicked in but go ahead jace so I'll give it to you. i believe this to be one javorius buck allen <laughs> this is in the string of just fantastic names in the ravens backfield lorenzo taliaferro tim javorius buck allen it is in fact buck allen the usc grad who then played four seasons with the ravens always really as a backup and catching way more passes than any backup running back, any third down running back ever. Should. So everything about your clues, I was like, wow, that was more involved than I thought he was. I, four seasons with the Ravens. I never would have guessed he was there that long. He seemed like, like a, like one year, two year guy, four years. It's hard to believe, but yeah. Uh, I think I went to a game where he scored, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have really... Uh, yet another player from that weird stretch of post-Super Bowl, pre-kind of Lamar takeover, where you just had players that, especially on offense, that just didn't leave an impact in any notable way. Like, I can't remember one play he had, one game where he really stood out. <laughs> Perfect round of Raven, really, Antonio, yet again. That is Buck Allen, basically. Never really stood out. Caught too many passes for a running back. All right, guys. Going to wrap things up. It's Steelers week, I guess, still, with a game coming up. You're listening to this on Tuesday. The game coming up Wednesday, early afternoon, right around that 3.30 time, as all football games are, middle of the week. All right. Four. Jace Evans and Tim Horsey. I am Antonio Barbera signing off. We will be back later this week. We will be back Friday with another episode of Pod Like a Raven. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. We will see you this week. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.